You want to open with a question? Or do you want me to just say something? I've got one. Okay. <laughs> um, so the, in in this series, we've had indicators. Uh, you know, we we went through today worry and anxiety and uh, anger and unforgiveness. What were there any indicators that you were kind of looking at that just kind of hit the cutting room floor? Like we, we didn't didn't make the series, but oh yeah, yeah. the list could go yeah <laughs> yeah on and on and on. Oh golly, um, I think we. I threw, I think I said jealousy last week when, like, in response to anger. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, that could that could be one. Um, I think I said pride last week. That could be one. I was trying to work some of those almost secondary indicators in. Um, yeah, my brain's not really working today. <laughs> What's that indicator? <laughs> I'm the one who's having the issue of concentration this week. Um, uh, yeah, so you talked about the bird doing the work. It doesn't just, um, you know, get food, yes. a pile of food just sitting there, unless yes. it's like in, in those kind people's backyards. One of the things that people do when they read these verses, like verse 27, when it talks about the birds of the air, sorry, verse 26 It says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. He's saying, stare intently at them and watch what they do. He goes, they don't do any of these things. They don't plant fields. They don't reap fields. They don't gather their harvest into barns. And yet God still feeds them. This is not to say that we just sit back with arms crossed, right? When we have the need for food and God is just going to bring it to us. No, watch the birds. They're busy working, okay? They're out there doing things, but they, they trust God to provide for them. We just can't be people who just sit back expecting things to happen. Um, you know, just like God has made the bird to work certain ways and do certain things, and he provides for them, but they're still made to do things. Uh, we are as well. Um, I think we are people who should be proactive in a lot of the things that we do. Um, each person is built a little differently, um, but I know, for example, um, in a season of anxiety or stress or worry, um, there are things that I can do that I can eliminate, you know, anxiety from my life. Um, you're having your second or third cup of co- coffee today, mm-hmm. right? When my life's real anxious, uh, I'll okay. cut coffee out at 10. Okay. Like I'll work towards that. I'll go for longer runs or I'll do a walk or I'll, I'll go to bed early some night because I haven't been sleeping well. Like yeah. if this is answering your question, but those are things that we can do. Yeah. We don't just sit back and go, well, I'm feeling anxious. So God's got to take my anxiety away. You know, um, I know a number of people who their their anxiety is so bad and so crippling that they're taking medication, mm-hmm. you know. And there's been times in my life when when that was true for me, too, that I, I thought things were so bad that I was going to need medicine. And I don't I don't know that there's a problem with that at all. I think people who need the help, short term help, that's the right thing to do. But to just sit back and believe that it's all going to just disappear or something, um, I think people will feel uh, be left wanting. Yeah. I think we can in, engage in some of this. Um, yeah, I think you mentioned even uh, going, seeking out counseling, yeah. uh, counsel with, uh, you know, Christian brothers and sisters, counsel with uh, in the Word, um, but also professional counseling like that. Because uh, I think sometimes there's a there's a stigma in the Christian world that we can't go, you know, 
you know, we go to a professional counselor that there is, uh, you know, it's, it's bad or we're not relying on God or there's something terribly wrong or, uh, you know, it's almost like we, we shouldn't do that. And I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm all, I'm all for, uh, professional counseling as a recipient of it, recipient of it myself. Sure. <laughs> I sure. totally uh, want to take part in, in that. And, uh, I want that to be a part of, of, of my life. And, and, uh, but yeah, I guess speak to the stigma. Well, let me ask you some questions. Yeah. So you've actually been a pastor longer than me, hmm. right? So you've been licensed, uh, yeah. um, longer than I have been in, in pastoral ministry longer than me. So you, would you say there's actually been a shift in how we view pastors now that it, that uh, back in the day, yeah. right? Years ago, if a pastor would have come out and say that they were struggling with some things, they would be immediately benched from their pastorate. Like, yeah. So if they admitted a weakness or if they admit, admitted a sin or something, they're automatically removed from the pastorate, which then just drove people to not confess and right. to be honest. And so they just buried more and more sin, more and more issues. Um, uh, that's for sure changed. But as you implied there, it's, it's even happening um, when it comes to mental health, that when pastors admit, and would you agree with this, that yeah. when they're burning out and they're, they're needing help, that the stigma of a pastor going off to get counseling is not what it used to be? Sure, yeah. Um, I think there was even um, uh, a time where I was in a, in, in a church where I spoke a message and I was very, um, very I guess, very vulnerable about a, a, a time in early on in my marriage and, and things that I, that I dealt with and worked that, that into um, the message is, is a kind of a testimony of God's, God's work. And, and uh, uh, the feedback I got from that was, was that we don't need to hear about the pastor's you know, <laughs> issues, <laughs> issues yeah. yeah. And, and uh, it, it kind of took me, wow. took me by surprise because I'm like, uh, and there had been a transition to that church. So they're, yeah, they had a, a, an old school, I guess, pastor for 30 years. And, yep. and so after, at that transition point, I'm like, okay, they're, wow, they're really not used to the pastor being authentic, mm -hmm. the pastor being a human. And so, yeah, I hope that. Uh, we're in that direction, and, wow, and we're in so that good. vein that pastors can be human and and breakable and needing of help and yeah. counseling and uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, where's the truth in that passage that says, uh, uh, "When I am weak, you are strong." If we never admit our weakness, yeah. then God never gets to show His strength. And if we're always showing everybody that we're strong, where's God in all of that? Yeah. Um, Yes, that's real good. Um, I, I think there's been a, a shift in churches in that regard, too, where the pastors who are more um, vulnerable is the wrong word, but when they're more open to to share like real issues, um, I think those churches are growing. I remember when I was studying to become a pastor and I was um, I was taking a, a class on pastoring. You know, it wasn't theology, it wasn't Bible, it wasn't biblical languages, it was just pastoring. And in one of the textbooks that we were reading, uh, the author was saying that he doesn't allow himself to become friends with the people that he pastors. Mm. So all of the, the parishioners or the people in his church, he's friendly with, but will not become friends with. Yeah. Because he says, I, I don't think I could actually shepherd them. If I had to have a real tough conversation, I don't want friendship to get in the way. And I, when I read that, and I'm not a smart guy, Josh, <laughs> but when I read that, I, I thought to myself, 
that way of pastoring is done. Yeah. Like it's over. There, there's that I can't, that's so, that's wrong on so many levels. Um, I mean, doesn't the Bible even talk about Jesus calling us friends? Right. <laughs> right. And he's the, the picture of the perfect shepherd, the perfect pastor, and he's friends with his people and we're not supposed to be friends. When I'd read that, I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. No, that was, so I uh, graduated Bible college in 2000. Yeah. 2000. So uh, I think living through that shift of, mm. of thinking, cause that would um, definitely be the, the mindset. And like you said, it was in a textbook. It was absolutely uh, something that was, that was taught or, you know, as, you know, as soon as you're um, done pastoring, if you, you, you can't, those, those aren't your friends, those aren't your, you know, so you're, you're on to either another church, another community or, uh, so there was, yeah, there was definitely that, that mindset or that, uh, that, that line of thinking. Again, that's still alive and well in some, some pockets, but um, hopefully that's that's going by the wayside. That yeah, and for me, it's not even just pastoring. You know, people in the church that I would want to call friends. But I've said this many times before. Like even the people I work with, mm. I want to be friends with. Yeah. You know, um, I want to be friends with all the people that work here. And when we can't be friends, is when it gets real hard for me to to just, um, you know, reduce it down to just employee employer relationship. I don't want to. I don't want to be part of that. Yeah. I, I want to be friends with people. Um, it's probably speaking to some uh, deep-seated need in my life. <laughs> probably, probably need to go to therapy for this one. <laughs> to bring that back around, does that worry you? <laughs>